their own. Five yard line. Henry. Henry breaking free. 20, 25, off to the races. They may not catch him. They won't catch him. Touchdown, Tennessee. You're listening to the Transatlantic Titans podcast, and we are getting happier every single week. Um, Remember that COVID thing and when everybody hated us? Well, they still hate us, but we don't care. That's like Millwall um, in no other way. Um, I'm I'm Adam, and I'm joined today by a relatively full house. Miles, Brian, and Neil are all here. Hello, gentlemen. Hello. Hello. Good to be here. We're all pretty chipper, aren't we? <laughs> five, five and oh. I mean, yeah. Worried it's, if we it, weren't. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, it's it's a strange, strange place to be in. We're not used to this, but this is where we are. We are about to play the Steelers, having beaten the Texans in one of the most entertaining, ridiculous, bonkers games I've ever seen. Um, who'd like to try and make any sense of it? I mean, I'll give it a good go. Um, I mean, we've always said for the season that um, your heart's never going to last as long as another football supporter in terms of uh, having to deal with all the stress of uh, the highs and lows of a game to go, what, looking so comfortable in the first half to the third quarter being a bit edgy. And then Luan and Smith gets injured and then it gets a little bit more edgy. But And then... The WhatsApp chat starts going. We've lost their lads, but for a couple of us to say, no, 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 we're perfectly safe. I mean, I'm not going to say that I called it exactly how it go, but it was fairly close in the end. But it was just, I mean, Derek Henry, God, God, just he is the king, and he will forever be the king. I mean, the best statistic I've seen all year in the year of COVID and everything else was how it was since 2018. There's been six people that have rushed for 200 yards and three of them are Derek Henry. <laughs> so yeah. there's only been three other people to rush for over 200 yards and it's just... The, 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 the guy's very good, but Tannehill again, it was just so many ups and downs and the emotions and... I mean, it, it's it's led to us being unbeaten still and looking really, really good, but they were still... I'm playing the Greg role almost here, aren't I? By saying there were still a couple of negatives to take from it, but five and oh, there aren't that many. Well, I mean, it, it, let's let's start. Let's try and break it down. We'll start in the the first half. I mean, there's some bonkers statistics, as you say, around around Derek Henry for him to have 264 yards from scrimmage and Tannehill to have, um, well, a pretty standard game for him these days. Uh, but it it meant that the Titans had 601 yards of offense which is a franchise record i mean just let that sink in i don't think it has um brian why don't we let's start with you the first half looked relatively comfortable yeah we looked quite good uh <laughs> got a few stops on defense i think was it uh 20 was it 21 10 at half time i think yeah right? yeah so, you got it right yeah and and obviously did we hold them? I can't, I can't really. I was at work at the time, so I was kind of following on red zone. I think did we hold them to a field goal just before half time, knowing that they get the ball back? Yeah, and it was the the Texans were didn't really manage the clock that well. They should they they should have given themselves a couple more shots at the end zone. I felt 
holding them to field goals quite big there. Um, yeah, so, so that was quite a big, uh, quite a big, big uh, part of the match. Obviously, with them getting the ball back, I think I think they must have scored on the opening drive today. I can't, I can't really remember. I was, like you say, I was in the middle of cashing up at work. Uh, so I think the the Texans started with the ball in the second half. I'm going to say, but I don't think they they didn't score straight away. I think the the, the turning point. I mean, the the game seemed to be. I mean, I I thought the Titans were largely in control. It was just just a couple of stops. There was nothing spectacular on defense, um, but the first half went by quite quickly. And then um, the turning point, Neil, I guess that block field goal, which would have put the Titans 14 points up. Yeah, um, I think obviously it's crazy how, how much something like that can change the script of a game. Because I think if, if obviously Goskowski kicks that, we're looking three scores up pretty much in control and looking at just seeing out the game. But it obviously gave them a, a boost and reasonably decent field position and obviously you know with Watson on the field even though for me the weapons are questionable since the lost DeAndre Hopkins I think you know they've got a lot of players who on paper look good but have had pretty middling NFL careers really when you when when you boil it down but I think if you give them a sniff in a game with their offense and especially as as good as the QB is um, I think you're always always going to be on the back foot you can't as much as the one and four I think they can they can put up points, and I think you could tell at the beginning of overtime when when we won the toss, Deshaun Watson's <laughs> reaction to, to to not winning the toss. He, he knew that defense couldn't stop anybody, and the only way they were going to win the game was on him. Uh, and I think the second half played that out. It was it was weird actually. Yeah, which whichever team won the that toss, I think was going to just score a touchdown. Um, it yeah. didn't look like either defense could stop stop the other um yeah the the block field goal so that led to well 14 texans points very quickly because they, they scored a touchdown and then there was a strip sack which i keep replaying in my mind and i'm so glad it didn't lead to a <laughs> lead to a loss i don't know how saffold didn't fall on the ball or he did but didn't manage to uh, it was saffold and then um sombrero i'm gonna call him <laughs> Um, sorry, Greg. Uh, yeah, he uh, he had a go. Um, he he copped a a bit of flat for that play. Um, obviously, he come in for injury to Taylor Lewan, which we we now sadly know is a is a torn ACL, and that that'll be him done for the year. Um, but that that play in itself, where he yeah just got beaten all ends up. Um, I think he's being judged on that quite harshly. I don't think he actually has done too bad a job. We've seen him. Two or three times coming in. Um, Miles, what do you? Well, let's talk about the tackle position then. What? How are we going to address this? Well, I mean, it's a bit of a sucker blow for Luan, and I have to say, the video that he posted, uh, it was out yesterday, the day before, with the boss with the boys, where he was, the way he comes out, just goes, "I'm going to smash it. I'm going to come back stronger," and it's a testament to the player and how you could see. He's not one to like show emotions or anything, but you could see how he was just full of like, it's happened. I'm going to deal with it. I'm going to get on with this, and I'm going to come back stronger. So, as as a person in the in the locker room, I feel like Luan will still have an impact to that level. But it's time for uh, Wilson to potentially step up. I mean, granted, I believe Wilson's a right tackle, so it's bad enough that you're probably going to have to make your. St- I think, I'm pretty sure he played right tackle his whole college. 
um, level. So yeah, yeah, and I'd, I'd probably feel more comfortable there. Um, added to the fact we know Dennis Kelly can play at either position. Yeah. Dennis Keller's is steady. He's, he's, he's never let us down. I mean, he's, he's had he's had to he's had to do more than just spot start before as well. Mm-hmm. So I'm not as big a blow as Luan is. It's almost one of them where this this team has like a nest a next man up mentality, and we've noticed on the defense before where players will just come in and suddenly start making plays. So why not? I mean, granted, obviously we'll get into the next game. There were many many teams I would have picked to play a, 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 what we'll class as a weakened defensive line uh, against a team's defence. But it's it's next guy up mentality. I, I, I feel this is a good opportunity for Wilson to sort of show what he can do in the deep end, as it were. And, I mean, Henry can run behind anyone. Yeah. But yeah. Let's be honest. I'm I mean, happy to go in at tackle, and they can still get some yardage with him. I, ge- I genuinely think, and I, I'm not going to mention it because it's bad karma, but I genuinely think there's only... One injury that could kill this team, and oh, I'm not going to say who it is. We all game. know who it is, but there's, there's one injury that can kill this team. I think anybody, any injury anywhere else, I think can be patched up, coached around. I just think there's one guy that obviously yeah, there, can't there are, to get injured. We can pick up another punter if we have to. I was just about to say, yeah, Kurt. I don't know. The Blazing <laughs> game's pretty, pretty like irreplaceable, to be honest. <laughs> I'm not even going to put, put the name in my mouth, guys. Because <laughs> no, no. I, I think there's more than there's probably more than one name um, you could say that about. But that, yeah, we're probably better set than a lot of teams um, in in that way. Um, I mean, look at look at Dallas, where you'd think Andy Dalton wouldn't be a huge drop off. Um, maybe he just wasn't ready. I don't know. Um, but yeah, we're not Dallas. Um, yeah. So after after the after the Texans hits twice, um, it the momentum's just just all going the wrong way. The next big moment in the game, um, Brian. I mean, let's let's come back to you. Um, Texans punt, which we did, <laughs> we did force Titans start on their own six yard line. I mean, what what else is going to happen other than the touchdown immediately? Yeah, um, I mean, he's quite good that number twenty two, isn't he? <laughs> <laughs> Enjoy those. He'd, he'd been due one. He'd been threatening to break one off all season. Yeah, and he was. He was already. He'd already probably. I think he'd already got a hundred yards in the game. He was already looking good from the first from the first half, and the Texans were struggling to contain him more so than anybody else we've faced. But um, I don't know if anyone's seen the the video that the Titans posted today of his top ten plays from scrimmage by yards number 10 is 53 yards <laughs> number like that's that's his 10th best how how have we got how how have we lucked out to have this guy um uh, but just... it's because we're uh, it's because we're uh, running back you we always <laughs> uh, we always end up uh, it's a bit of a college term but we always end up somehow to have an elite running back uh, i can look back obviously as far as um Campbell and Eddie George, you can't really think of a time where there might have been odd season, but you can't think of a time where we didn't have a, an absolutely elite guy back there. There was, I mean, I, I don't want to say, I don't want to mention sort of the David Cobb. Um, oh, uh, yeah, uh, Bishop Sankey. Yeah. <laughs> I was going to say, poor Bishop Sankey not getting the respect he deserves. <laughs> <laughs> 
Yeah, Bishop Sankey's not pulling off a 94-yarder there, is he? It's just, it's... It's not pulling off 94 yards in his career. No, no. <laughs> but it's, it's like every single one of these, we're just getting used to them. And you look at the replay from every angle and he's... Yeah, there, there are about six defenders at one stage or another that he thinks should get to him. And they just don't have a chance, any of them. Yeah, he's got no right to be that fast for being that size. It's yeah, just, exactly. Just Freakiest thing about it as well is you can like, you can see the guys chasing him are absolutely busting a gut, and he looks like he's got slippers and a cigar. <laughs> like... Oh no! <laughs> Apart from the white of those eyes, when you see him running with them white eyes, you know, yeah. like, right, he's gone. That's one of my favourite things when he get he gets going. He's up to speed, and you you look at those eyes. There's <laughs> there's only one like, place. Well, yeah, game over. <laughs> um, and just the whole weirdness of that game, though the momentum shifts. You think that that's it? Oh, we're we're back in the lead. Um, there's only one place this game's going. Almost immediately, um, Malcolm Butler gets beaten. With the Texans' next possession was it Brandon Cooks or Fuller? I can't remember who it was, but absolutely roasts Malcolm Butler, who's who's had a great couple of weeks, by the way. Um, obviously say, say that and then what a sucker punch after that I mean, so we should probably mention the, we should talk about our defence at this point who are not helping the situation in what's become a crazy second half I think I think Malcolm Butler's actually, it's the season that he's having is like our defence in like a microcosm because he's either spectacular or horrific, he's either getting burned deep or he's, or he's picking somebody off and and getting this good field position, there's no, there doesn't seem to be an even keel. I think last season, as defense, were pretty much guaranteed not to be terrible. They had like a baseline. Yeah. But I think sometimes this season they're dropping below that, which is which is obviously worrying. But in a, a, a freak turn of events for Tennessee, the offense is actually bailing the defense out instead of the other way around. Yeah, I mean the. One of our concerns at the start of the year was, you know, if the defence does leak a few points, it sounds ridiculous looking back right now with how Tannehill's playing, but the concern was, you know, do we have the offence to come from behind? Um, are we built for that? Um, I wasn't sure that we we were. I'm, I'm now convinced we're built for just about anything right now. Um, so, yeah, the Titans, I'm, I've I've lost track of the the timing of all this, we ended up in a situation where the Texans had the ball back and a point ahead. Um, what, sort of three minutes left, two minutes left of the game, driving down the field. Um, again, we're struggling to stop them. Second and one, you know, we're approaching the two-minute warning. It's likely, it's like- you know, whether, whether the Texans score or not at this point, that we're going to need all the seconds left on the clock, our timeouts as much as possible. What does Mike Vrabel do? Don't, don't leave it all to chance. Um, no, let's steal 40 seconds in the timeout by some witchcraft. Um, yeah. and I, don't, I don't know. This, this is where I first saw it. I first saw Paul Kaharski tweet about this. Um, he suggested that we've, We've committed the twelve men on the field penalty deliberately. I'm sort of okay. Yeah, come on. Um, then, yeah. Now I realise that it's true. Having looked at the footage, 
Um, the fact that he did exactly the same thing in a game against the Jets two years ago. Um, but not just doing that, he's doing the opposite thing, messing about in a punting situation against the Pats in the playoffs, trying to you know, leak clock at that point, do the opposite. Uh, it's just, uh, he, I don't always think Mike Brable makes the best in-game decisions at times. Um, but when you've got little tricks up your sleeve like that, um, that redeems almost anything. I think the best way I saw it described is Mike uh, Mike Vrabel's out there playing 4D chess. I think it's, <laughs> it, he has he's got he's very he's very uh, I'm trying to think of the term like he's he's very I can't think I can't the, the word I'm trying to think of he, he's got these things in his in his locker that a lot of coaches don't have and it's just you, you can sell you can tell he's a he's a disciple of uh, Belichick. Yeah, 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 yeah. There aren't many things that make Belichick smile and arguably get off, but I guarantee that play did. He would have been absolutely loving that. <laughs> but, it's, it's... yeah, I could bet that's in the back of his mind for that kind of situation. And you look, you look at the when he did it against the Jets, it was like the same, same thing. It was sort of second and short. So you, you're probably going to give up the first down anyway. Why not give it up without taking any more time off the clock <laughs> um, in a controlled way rather than you know, another tackle in bounds that drains 40 seconds or means you have to use another timeout. It's ab- absolutely brilliant. And it, um, with four seconds left on the clock, when AJ Brown finally scores the, the game tying touchdown, what, what can you say? It's, it's just such, it's such a, an enigma wrapped in a puzzle, Mike Rayner, yeah. because <laughs> because I, I've I've criticised him a lot for being erratic with his decision making and sometimes perhaps being too emotional, but then he comes up with some absolute Jedi stuff like that, and you, and you're just like, if if he could, I think he's obviously still in his development as a coach because he's relatively young, so when he when he irons out that that over emotional sort of extra balls in decision making and and starts to, to coach on a more even keel is going to be really, really good if he weren't already. What about some of the the other decisions? Because there were a few of these um, that we took. I mean, one, I suppose, Goskowski attempting another field goal after the one that was blocked. I think probably the right right move on fourth, fourth down, obviously. Um, you, well, we didn't expect him to, to miss there. Um, I don't want to dwell on this too much. I don't think we'd necessarily gone back to week one, Goskowski. Um, there's no no talk of his job being under threat at this point. But it wasn't a, it wasn't a good, well, not a good attempt from him. I just think it's it's easier to go for it on fourth down if your defense can stop somebody, which which we, we yeah. clearly can't. So um, as much as Goskowski's had his struggles, I think it was probably overall the right decision. I think cold light today. I didn't think at the time, but I probably yeah. do now. Yeah, I think I'd, I'd agree with that. But the the other one, which is, I mean, the the Texans had one of their own, you know, where they scored the touchdown to extend their lead to seven points, as it was. Kick the extra point. It's an eight point game. Okay, the Titans can tie, but they Romeo Quinell, Quinell, Quinell even decided to go for two <laughs> and try and put the game beyond reach, which. I was surprised. I mean, I mean crazy. it comes off. You look a you look a genius, don't you? But I, yeah, I didn't. Yeah. I didn't get that. And then Big Jeff with the, the batted batted pass to stop that one. That proved absolutely massive. 
Oh, it's just big. I mean, other than Aaron Donald, if you were going to offer me a defensive tackle who I want in my team, at this moment in time, Simmons is just every every single week he's coming up with plays. But I think if Houston were in a better position in terms of their record this season, I don't think they go for the two-pointer. It's almost like what you're seeing like the Washington football team doing at the moment. It's like they've done the exact same thing against the Giants. It's like, why not? Let's just try and make it where we go for a win rather than a safe and yeah. an overtime. So I feel like if Houston were in a more positive record, they might have backed themselves a little bit more. I feel like they said, we don't. our defense doesn't want to come up against Henry in overtime. We need to try and kill this game now and try and get out of here with a result because I think they knew. I think they'd put everything into getting back into that game and they were just, they were done. He probably had to look around at his team and just thought, we can't, we can't this, play many this was more. Their, that was their best shot. Well, I don't, I don't know. If they, they kick the extra point, it's an eight-point game. A lot's still got to go the Titans' way. Um, and as it, as it transpired, yeah, AJ Brown gets, gets that touchdown only just, I mean, the, whether his, his knee goes down before his foot or whatever it was, I'm, I'm still not sure um, I'm taking it. I think it's one of those that you stay with the on-field decision, whatever it is. Um, but then here, here was... Here was the other weird one. We kicked the extra point with potentially a shaky Goskowski. Um, I could have argued that we could have gone for two ourselves and tried to win the game at the end. Where, where do you, well, Brian? I'll go back to you again. Where, what were your thoughts at that moment? I mean, I was at Wembley when uh, we went for two against the Chargers. Did you all know my <laughs> thoughts on that one? Uh, I walked out with there very peed off, so I was happy to take it to overtime. It was possibly risky with the way if we'd have lost the toss, we probably would have lost because I didn't see us stopping Watson. But, you know, as it turned out, it was the right call, wasn't it? Yeah. I'm, well, we're not, certainly not complaining now. And it's one of the, I mean, the, yeah, had Goskowski missed the extra point, Vrabel's not going to look stupid really there. It could be the it could have been the end of Goskowski. Uh, as it turned out, he's absolutely nailed nailed the kick when it matters yet again. Um, I've, I felt that we probably had the way our offense was going. You attempt the two point conversion, we probably had a better than fifty fifty chance of getting it. But that's one of those things. You lose a game like that, it's just horrible and gut wrenching. And as you say, we've been there um, yeah. in literally in the stadium um, for all of this. So then overtime, yeah, big toss to win. As, as you said, Deshaun, Deshaun Watson's reaction, superb. I love Kevin Byard as well, just giving him like a knowing little pat on the shoulder. So, yeah, I get it, mate. Um, sniggering <laughs> to himself, no doubt. And then a little screen. I mean, I've, I've, I was screaming the whole game to stop attempting screens, which hadn't worked all night. Um, and then suddenly Henry's broken out a 60-odd yarder, which I thought it was going all the way there. And then suddenly as a safety appears in the <laughs> the shot, which I didn't didn't see there, I was, I was celebrating yeah. a bit too much. The safety actually made a really good play there, didn't he? He did really well to tackle him, actually, I thought. Yeah, not, like I thought he was gone. You, you, we're so used to you know Derek Henry into secondary as a touchdown <laughs> routinely, but... But not on that occasion. As it was, it didn't matter. Um, here's the other. Here's the other call. Third and goal on the five-yard line. Um, hang on, is 
Is that that's Tannehill lining up at receiver? Yeah, t- Hem- Derek Henry's about to take the snap. I mean, I'm screaming, what, what are we doing? What are we doing? <laughs> <laughs> the, uh, what I call it? King Cat, as Mike Keith called it. <laughs> yeah, oh, we're a bit... Uh, I had no, no right to it, but I was quite nervous myself about that, actually, because I thought, if we kick a field goal, we're going to lose, because we don't know where we're stopping them. So, well, that, that's that's the question we don't know the answer to. If that yeah, yeah. fourth down, what do you do? I, I honestly don't know. Never got there, though, so uh, thankfully. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, J- Jamie Cutteridge asked that question in the in the Facebook chat, and it, it, I sort of shudder thinking about it. Um, because yeah. I, su- I suspect well, I, just, I suspect we'd have gone for it, and that that would have probably been the right call. I mean, and the Texans would have had terrible field position. Uh, it probably would have made sense, but that play call though, Arthur Smith um, swinging those massive testicles around. Yeah. <laughs> um, and Ferkser, who we haven't mentioned yet, with one of the best blocks you'll ever see. Uh, you know, Henry, Henry's not getting in the end zone without that block. No, no. Um, obviously, I had a brilliant day receiving and just capped it off with that, which I think straight away, commentary noticed the block that he'd made rather than actual, like, the balls of the, the play call. Well, all of, <laughs> all of it, yeah. 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 Another, another point about the, the, the Henry touchdown at the end, Obviously, he throws, Ferguson throws a great block, but if you watch the leg drive of Henry to actually get it over the line, it's yeah. super he just He just basically just drives, I think, just throws his, his man backwards. It's a, I don't think a lot many backs would have got that over, to be honest. It's a perfect storm, wasn't it? You know, the, I think with our, the personnel that we have. Um, but it's obviously a play that we were ready to execute. Um, just it... And it was perfectly done as well. Ferks are in motion. So he's got some momentum to make that block. And the yeah. timing of it all was just, just perfect. And yeah, I think, yeah. I think you're right. Another back doesn't, doesn't get in. You needed, we needed all of those things. Um, <laughs> yeah, I got a bit excited at that point. I don't know about you chaps. Definitely. I think he got in because Norman landed and pushed him in. <laughs> <laughs> finally, finally, an update on Josh Norman's whereabouts. Uh, so five and zero, oh, and where where do we go from here? Well, Steelers is next. Um, we're unfortunately going to be without Luan, as we've mentioned. Um, however, we're getting Corey Davis back, other one or two others back from the the COVID list, which I think is done now. I think everybody is pretty much got themselves better again and touch wood that though yeah we we have a, a respite from all, all of that stuff but Steelers it doesn't get any easier at home in front of 10,000 fans in Nashville which may help but um, how do we how do we see this one Miles I'm uh, sure you're going to be chipper well obviously we're going to be six and out but, I mean, the way that we actually beat them is Derrick Henry and our offense is going to continue to show MVP-level qualities. Like, Tannehill and Derrick Henry is a duo. I don't think there's many better out there at the moment. And Devin Bush has done his ACL and is now out for the year. To lose a middle linebacker of that level 
on that team who's a play caller is huge for them. Granted, they have an unbelievable front line and we've had a knock on our offensive line, but I've said it before, I think Henry can run behind anyone and he can run through anyone and he can go over the top of anyone. So I think all we've got to continue to do is do exactly what I've done. Almost what we've done against Buffalo, though. I want to see us come out and throw the ball quite a lot and actually try and challenge their uh, cornerbacks a bit more. Obviously, it's going to be... I think Humphreys, I'm expecting a big game out of him because it's going to be a lot of getting the ball away early. So I think... Ideally, do we know what's happening with Johnny Smith? But I expect a lot of sort of quick, short plays rather than holding on to the ball too long and throwing it deep. Ideally, that's what I want to see from the team. And we're going to have to control the clock because their defence can very easily force fourth downs very quickly if you try and overplay. So, I mean, I'm confident every week, but <laughs> the way that we the way we turned over the Bills, the way we showed spirit to come back against Houston at this moment in time, yeah, Big Ben's got a few weapons, but I don't. I feel that we still have enough to get a victory. Maybe it's just me again being overly optimistic as we know I always am but there are some there are some weapons that scare me at Steelers but I had similar people that scared me at Houston and similar people that scared me against the Bills and it hasn't actually affected the game when it's come round to it Neil bring us back down to earth I think as as much as we're uh, we're worried about stopping their pass rush without Taylor Long they'll be worried about stopping our run game without Devin Bush so it's kind of uh, <laughs> yeah yeah yeah, kind of levels levels that game out, leaves no excuses, and whoever's the better five and all teams, obviously going to win. Um, I don't, I don't like our, our cornerbacks' chances against their their top two wide receivers. Claypool's obviously playing out of his skin, and and Juju Smith-Schuster is always a threat. But hopefully, Dory Jackson could be back. I don't know. I don't know what latest is on that, but it's it's really needed. I think I actually tweeted him on uh, Sunday. You. From my own account, saying uh, "miss you, bro," <laughs> we, had, we had a crying emoji. <laughs> yeah, when, we uh... could we could do with him, couldn't we? That that's the position. Like, I'm I'm not worried about our front seven at all on defense, not one bit. No. Uh, yeah, the said the secondary and, but yeah, Kevin Byard, not perhaps firing as much as he might be. Whether whether that's because he's making trying to cover others a bit more, I don't know, but. Yeah, they said the secondary needs a boost, and the Dory Jackson could be, could be just what we need. I think it's a, it's a, it's a thing with defense. I think last year we all said we're like a X factor playmaker away from being an elite unit, and obviously we've got Simmons now. But Simmons is sort of coming to the fold and and playing to his potential, and now we lack speed, which is <laughs> which is a disappointing. Yeah. I think we could do an injection of a, a team speed on this defense, but that's obviously a discussion for for the off season. Okay, Brian, how how confident are you, the Steelers? Sorry, boys, I don't like this game at all for us. Uh, I, I think I don't think anyone will argue. I think our offense is better than theirs. I think their defense is a lot better than ours. I really worry about their their pass rush. Um, they have three of the top rushers in, out of the top. I think it's about the top six in the league up to now. Um, Without Luan, I just, I don't know. I can see it being a tough night for us, really. I really can. Uh, I, I can't see us winning this one. I, I, I hope I'm wrong. I, I I appreciate the points that Miles and Neil have made, but no, I, I, I don't I, see the, the other I, winning. 
I'm going to say something that I said in the WhatsApp group as a joke on Sunday when I thought we were going to lose. And it's it's another Belichick thing um, where the accusations that he'll deliberately kind of throw a game because you don't want the pressure of the undefeated record. Um, so may, maybe maybe this is the game that we get that monkey off the back and that'll be the Steelers' problem. <laughs> yeah. Not, but, yeah, of course it does. Um, I don't know. I just, I, 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 I'm never obviously as, as confident as Miles, but I just think where we're playing at the minute, we don't, we don't seem to be ever be dead. We're, we're willing to go toe to toe with anybody, and I expected us to struggle against Buffalo. We absolutely blow them away. I'm not expecting us to struggle against Pittsburgh. I'm not expecting it to be another close game, but I just think we can trade with anybody. I mean, I don't, I don't think we've got anything to fear from anybody. We've already be, we've beat Baltimore in Baltimore in, in during a playoff run. You know, we run yeah. Kansas City close. We, we ain't got we ain't really. It, it sounds weird as a Titans fan, but we we really shouldn't we shouldn't be fearing anybody. Well, let's let's leave our previews on that note, shall we? Um, we we're, we're going to be joined um, by Freddie um, to give us a, a Steelers perspective shortly. Before well, before we do that, just a quick update on um the covid issues so we we'd heard in the last day or so that the titans aren't going to receive punishment in the form of forfeited games well we knew that anyway really because they happen now um and no punishment in terms of draft picks there might there might be a fine um but even that seems a bit unlikely the nfl seemed to have come to the conclusion that um mistakes were largely innocent um uh, sort of Rap on the wrists about a bit, a bit more mask wearing. Um, as far as these dodgy practices go, um, all sort of yeah, so much misinformation was going round about it. Um, I'm still not sure quite what to believe. I mean, we had you know, Paul Kaharski got the date wrong, which we've <laughs> we've mentioned before. Um, but then there's I've even seen that the NFL authorised one of these practices themselves. So I don't yeah, I, I feel that. This is kind of blown over. However, other teams aren't going to forget this. Um, fans out there aren't going to forget this. And this could be an extra level of saltiness to the Steelers game. Um, you know, they've, they've had to... You know, poor old Eric Ebron's niece's birthday party is in jeopardy um, over this. So we've we're got to expect a bit of saltiness. So that's going to make the win even sweeter, right? <laughs> yes. Yeah. <laughs> Um, okay. I think um, uh, me. Sorry, go on. Sorry, no, no, go on, Neil. I just think media media's attitude uh, to are the are the Titans and and the actual things that they were calling for and the outcry would have been totally different if it had been a more established team. If it had been Philadelphia, New England, Green Bay. There would have been all sorts of media talking heads bending over backwards to make excuses for them. But I think it it were, it were a case of, oh, it's only Titans, small market team, usually not very good, you know, un- <laughs> historic sanctions, void the season, blah, 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 blah. Yeah. And I think, I think it just shows a change in attitude based on whether it's an established franchise or a small market team like we are, because... Other teams have cases and, and, and have had fixtures changed and, and days moved around and people having to isolate and they haven't been half the outcry. 
of when it happened to us. I mean, obviously, we're on a bigger scale, which I'm, I'm not denying that. I just think people are, are quick to throw us under the bus because we don't really matter on a on a on a national level. Hundred percent. Yeah. All right. So let's look at the the game from a Steelers perspective, Miles. In fact, Miles, why don't you introduce yourself? Um, you spoke to Freddie earlier. Yeah, I did. Um, oh well, I'll I'll try and. I'm trying my hardest to try and do some mind trick to try and talk to myself from the past, but I'll keep it simple and just go, Miles from, Miles from the past, take it away. Hello, Miles. Thank you for speaking to me in the past or maybe the future. Um, yes, you're right. We are now going to be uh, talking to Freddie, who is a uh, Pittsburgh Steelers fan. How are you doing, Freddie? I'm very good. Thanks for having me on. No, no worries at all. So, I mean, it's good to have a chat where both teams are unbeaten and they're in a a positive state when it comes to the season. I mean, speaking to Texans fans and other fans like that, they're, they're normally a lot more negative when it comes to talk about how their team's been doing. But in Pittsburgh Steelers, uh, you can't really have any complaints so far, can you, this season with how they've been getting on? Um, it was it's It's been a slow start, but we keep winning. And as I say, it, it wasn't so slow last week. So, um, yeah, things, things are looking on the up and very much looking forward to this weekend's game. Yeah, I mean, Baker Mayfield got beat around everywhere. Now I was listening to uh, the guys over in America on the uh, NFL podcast talking about how old Baker Mayfield was a little bit injured and all this and all that. But that Steelers defense, it, it doesn't matter if you're fully fit or if you're injured, they're going to be coming right at you. And then, I mean, it's on both sides of the... It's not just... I mean, TJ Watt's a machine on his own, but then Bud Dupree as well and Hayward in the middle. You must be impressed with how the defense is looking. Yeah, although a big, big blow in losing um, Devin Bush for the season. That's mm. that. That will definitely be uh, a weakness that the Titans will try and exploit. I, I suspect. Yeah, I know it was a shame because it's an ACL, isn't it? So it's uh, yeah. surgery out for the season, which is a real shame. I mean, the other side of the ball, you've done what Pittsburgh Steelers seem to do every single year and produce a incredible wide receiver talent in. He was maybe one of the best nicknames that I've seen this year in Mapletron. Mapletron, yeah. <laughs> so you've seen Chase uh, Claypool linked with all these uh, previous... He looks like Megatron, but he's from Canada. And I mean, add, adding him with Juju and, and other, other names of that uh, state can only help Big Ben after his uh, season out. Offensively, are you uh, pleased with how they look, especially being able to turn out another what looks like highly talented receiver? Um, mostly. I think the only complaint I've got so far is on the play calling, which sometimes is a bit conservative. We seem to start games very slowly. And then um, when we start, when we realise, oh, hang on, the quarter of the game's gone, we actually need to step up the game a bit here and actually get our weapons in Claypool, as you've mentioned, and Juju, as you've mentioned. Then you've got um, James Washington and Eric Ebron and even James Connor on the ground. So. I suspect, yeah. I suspect Deontay Johnson will be out this week as well, but hopefully he'll be back as well. Yeah, I mean, all these weapons for, I mean, for me, I've always been, I've always been a fan of the player, Ben Roethlisberger, as much as I'll hate to admit it to any of us. And I've got a lot of friends who are Bengals fans who will have the exact opposite opinion. <laughs> yeah. You'll be shocked to hear. Um, but how do you think he's done since his season out? Are you been happy with how he's returned? He's obviously getting the ball away as quick as he can to try and reduce getting hit. And obviously the line in front of him, it has been solid for most of the year. How do you think Ben's been getting on? Well, statistically, Ben's had the ball out quicker than any other quarterback this year. So he's very much been able to get the ball out 
whether it's to a screen to Connor or to one of our receivers very quickly. Um, other than that, well, he's only had one turnover, so you can't complain. One turnover through five games is very good, so that's fine by me. Well, yeah, when you've got a defence that's as strong as it is, that's all you expect, isn't it, from your offence? If you can have it, the less turnovers, the better. And then if your defence is going to be doing what they have been doing. Um, so for Titans fans who don't really know much about this Pittsburgh team, which uh, I'll be honest, I, I, I probably know more than most due to, like I said, my friends being Bengals fan and fantasy football being lucky enough to pick up Claypool early on on the waivers. Uh, for, for Titans fans, who should they be looking out for, who they might not? I've expected to, maybe not so much of a big name, who you think might have an impact on the game? Um, I think the first place to start would be with um, Spillane, who's going to be the replacement for Devin Bush in the mid-linebacker position. So that would be one that both the Steelers fans and Titans fans need to look out for to see how he gets on. Because the big loss with Devin Bush was he was also a he was also a play caller and he had the helmet and the communication with the other players in the defence as well. So... I think that will be a crucial a crucial person to look at. Um, for a more staple name that people might be aware of, look at more rookies. You've got Dotson in the um, offensive line. He's come in and replaced De Castro and done a fantastic job so far. So we haven't really missed De Castro, even though he's been injured. He might be back this It's not a big blow either way. No, that's good. And that's as I say, when I, I'd noticed that they were kept on bringing up the Castro, and I almost forgot that he was such an integral part of that line, like you said, to almost not notice. And because Ben's getting the ball out so quickly and not taking the sacks as much, it's one of them positions where it's if you're not if you're not taking the sacks or the turnovers, it's almost just like they're doing their job. You don't need to really discuss them all that much. So I mean, what have you thought with regards to I know it's a different team, but from what you've seen from the Titans this year? What sort of threats do you see them offering to you coming up on a Sunday? I've watched the Titans a, a lot this season. I, I tend to stay up and watch all the night games. So I saw the game last week and against the Bills and they were fantastic. Uh, mm. Really, really good. Uh, there's, there's a lot I'm worried about. I think the obvious is Derrick Henry, but it's not all about Derrick Henry. I mean, the Steelers run defence. Can it hang on to Henry? It's done it to Barkley. It's done it to Hunt. Can they do the same with Henry? Maybe not. But if if not, then you, the other worries we've got are the likes of AJ Brown and Tanner Hill, who's who, although gets slated, I don't get it because he's a very good quarterback. So mm. there we go. And then there's some good players on defense as well. You go straight to looking at offensive players, but it's not all about the offense. Mm. No, I agree. And- uh, I often think that a lot of people sort of in the press will sort of talk about Henry and Tannehill for the seasons they're having, but I agree, defence is just as important. I know for a Steelers fan, obviously, you'll appreciate the difference that a strong defence makes going into uh, going into the game. So, obviously, you've had an amazing start to the season, as the same with the Titans. Before we go into the uh, inevitable, how you think the game will go and what you feel will be the, the key factors towards it, what are you thinking for like the rest of the Steelers' season? Are you looking at their schedule? Are you thinking it's going to continue? Or can you see there being a few bumps in the road along the way? I think these two games, so we've got the Titans this week in Nashville, and then, of course, we've got the big game against the Ravens in Baltimore next week. It then gets quite a lot easier, and we've got a fairly gentle schedule all the way through. We've still got two teams in the NFC East to play. I'm sure, <laughs> I'm sure you know what's going on with the <laughs> NFC East at the moment. We've still got the Bengals twice to play. 
we've still got the Jags to play and we've still got the Browns to play again. So there's there's plenty of chances to win games. So you're you're optimistic throughout the season that would you would you say playoffs is a realistic expectation? And obviously five and is one of them were statistically I think it, it, it sometimes it says it's statistically you're closer to actually getting to the Super Bowl than you are missing out on the playoffs. I'm sure I read somewhere, but I'm, I'm assuming that you're feeling I like think that's we'll, 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 definitely, we'll definitely be a playoff team. It's whether we win the division or not. That's going to be the key. I think for now, the Ravens are probably slightly ahead, but who knows? Yeah, and with what Lamar's shown, especially when it gets towards the end of the season, especially playoff football, teams suddenly decide that they either know how to stop him or he decides he isn't as strong. So, And I can only see the Steelers getting stronger and stronger, like people like Claypool and that, who have only just really begun their careers, are only going to build on what has already been an incredible start. So, I mean, looking ahead to the game on Sunday, what do you think will be the like key factors for the Steelers getting a result from the game? And stopping, do you think they're going to... Stopping Derrick uh, Henry, as simple as that. Yeah, um, we stop Derek Henry and force Tanner Hill to throw. It might be a different game, but if not, we're going to be in trouble. And in terms of your your offense, can you see them? Because obviously, if, if if you don't stop Henry, that's where the Titans have the advantage of like controlling the clock more. Do you think the Steelers are going to try and come out and run the ball more to try and control the clock on their side, or can you see it being more? Is that how they've been playing this year, or has it been more of a attack in the air with Connor to feature? Um. It's well, it's it's not it's not all James Connor on the ground. You've got the likes of um, McFarland and Snell as well, but they're getting bit parts at the moment. Um, other than that, it's it it is majority pass, but it's not it's not just pass own pass first. Quite often, we'll first and ten will go go to ground to Connor. So we might we might go ground and pound. I think it will depend on the depend on the scoreline and the circumstances. Yeah, that's true. And if I was to. Uh... Say how optimistic were you of a result going into uh, the weekend? Has anything changed over the past couple of weeks when you first saw this fixture? Do you think it might have been slightly different, or has anything well, changed this year? I remember recording recording this a few weeks ago, and I said the, <laughs> tit- the, the Titans were going to win it. And looking back now, I think the Titans win it, but by less by one score. Okay, so See, it's very rare where we have people on where they say they actually think the Titans win. I mean. I did enjoy having like Houston fans and others saying, "Oh yeah, Houston, well, they've got a game plan. They'll come out with the victory." But hopefully, I mean, the best thing for it is is hopefully it's just a great game of football with two unbeaten sides to really show the NFL that I mean, it, everyone already loves the league, but to see two unbeaten teams go at it will be uh, great. So you think it'll just be a one score, a one score Titans win? But I think it'll it could go either way. I think one thing for sure as well is that before the season. All the talk was about the Chiefs and the Ravens. It's quite nice to see two different teams at the top at the moment. Oh, yeah, I completely agree. And I think both teams have shown that on both sides of the ball that they can be elite at a level that people didn't expect. I know early on people might not have put down Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh always seems to get to the playoffs and they always do it. But to, to stand out so much defensively on one side and then to still produce on offense as well. I mean, I know personally I hope they do well this year in their division as much as I'm a Lamar Jackson fantasy owner, other than that, it's the only reason I ever want Baltimore to do well. Um, so for the rest of the season, I, I wish the best for them. Obviously, Sunday will be a slightly different factor. Um, for anyone who wants to follow you or see any more Pittsburgh news for yourself, where can they find you? Um, well, you can find me on Twitter, 
but most importantly you can find me on a facebook group which is called um nfl uk fans group which i run for all fans of all different teams um and quite frankly it'd be nice to have some more titans on the group because we haven't got very many at the moment so the more the merrier oh that'd be great and i'll make sure to uh pass it on and we'll give it a mention again later on on our pod to uh make sure that everyone's getting on that well thank you for joining us today freddie and it, it's actually nice to it felt like it's been a much more uplifting chat than what I've had with other people where both teams can talk about how good they've been rather than no, how bad they've change, been. doesn't it? <laughs> it does. So hopefully, uh, hopefully you never know, might be able to talk later on in the season regarding playoffs. And yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll see how it goes and best of luck for Sunday. And uh, again, and thank you for joining you well. us. Thanks very much. No worries. Thank you. Right. Well, back to you guys. I was going to say back to in the studio, but we're not that professional yet. Uh, back to you, Adam, to continue the podcast. No doubt some fun non-Titans related. There we go. Thanks for that. Um, thanks, Freddie um, and Miles. Freddie for doing this for the second time uh, for <laughs> reasons which uh, should be very obvious, uh, but that's much appreciated. Um, when we did this with with Mark the other day, I thought we were going to lose that for the Bills game, but um, ended up using it anyway. But Freddie actually did record twice. So much appreciated. Right, um, as Miles alluded to just then, um, or Miles from the past or the future, um, they've they've made films about this sort of stuff, you know. I'm like like Russell Wilson, I'm inevitable. (laughs) 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 All right, we're going to end with um, non Titans related. Um, Neil, I'm going to start with you because I feel that this one's been brewing the longest. Uh, I don't know about that, but I'll, I'll obviously preface it by saying it is sports related, and <laughs> I wanted to I wanted to touch on uh, a pundit that we've got in the UK here. Uh, probably, well, I mean, I, I, I don't think there's a person in in civilized world that hasn't heard one of his opinions now. But his name's <laughs> Gary Neville, um, and let me get don't get me wrong, Sky we're, Sky are, are obviously a massive sports channel in this country. We're on to a good thing with Gary Neville. He, he talks a lot of sense. He seems quite measured in his views. He's knowledgeable. He wears his Man United colours on his sleeve, but he's not overly biased either. Um, so, yeah, let's let's just say they're on to a good thing. But, but they're doing typically, as Sky do, absolutely flogging a dead horse now. Every time there's any subject that needs an opinion, we've got to hear what Gary Neville thinks about it. It could be anything. Could be anything. As I said in WhatsApp, Enid from Bristol found a Tommy cat in a bin, 78-year-old. Sky News will go and find out what Gary Neville thinks of it. He'll regale regale you with his opinions. There's literally nothing he hasn't talked about on Sky. He's he's talked about uh, Project Big Picture. He's talking about this European Super League. He's been talking about Andy Burnham and his... uh, Greater Manchester rescue package on Sky. <laughs> Literally, we ought to get him on here for a game previews because I'm sure it'd, it'd be absolutely outstanding with his knowledge. Um, I don't know what you guys think because I actually think he has is a quite a good analysis, but uh, quite a good analyst. But Jesus, they really are hammering him into ground. Find somebody else, please. Find somebody else that's at his level and let's hear some a different. It's like he, he, it's like his word is. Right, we've all had his opinions, and now let's see what Gary Neville's got to say because that's the, fi- that, that's the final word, Gary Neville, ever of all knowledge. 
I don't know if you guys agree, but it's just wearing thin on me now. I'm tuning him out as such. I yeah, I kind of do. It's uh, I agree. I agree as well that he's his opinions on well on football are valid and worth listening to. Largely, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. You can have too much of a good thing. I think is is the lesson that Sky will never learn. Obviously, yeah. I mean, obviously, everybody used to love Jim White. Now everybody hates Jim White. That's guy, that's guy in action. Yeah, uh, absolutely. But um, no, I just think it, it is obviously. I don't know. Is he a respected analyst? I'd probably say yeah. But the the broad range of topics now, you cannot literally switch Sky on without seeing his face. Um, and I've seen quite enough of Gary Neville's face. <laughs> Very good. Okay, uh, Miles, what have you got for us? Yeah, well, following on from people that we might argue are the worst people in the world, uh, a few few months ago now, when I was in my previous job in the cinema, I discussed how I'd found what, in my opinion, was the worst type of person. Uh, I think at the time it was people complaining about films either being too like violent, even though you're watching a war film or something like that. Well, anyway, I've now upgraded my list, so I now have the new worst type of people in the world and the new worst type of people in the world are people who complain about the way that people drive when they haven't passed a driving test so this is, people... this is niche but i like it yeah it's so, streetless. i love this uh, yes so people who are oh i was on my driving lesson you know like my third driving lesson ever i'm driving i don't know they're probably stalled or something they said and this person drove past me and you wouldn't believe it he didn't even indicate and i'm like you haven't passed your test you're not allowed to have an opinion over a single person who's driving legally on the road until you've passed your test. And if you haven't passed your theory, I don't even want you to even remotely discuss anything, to be honest. <laughs> but it's just a level of level of like, oh, I can't believe it. the way they were driving. It was ridiculous. And I'm now like, all right, well, you failed your test four times, so you're not really allowed to have an opinion on this. <laughs> and sometimes I just... And I really try and be like nice to people about it. And I just sort of go, yeah, I know, yeah, it's annoying sometimes, isn't it? And he said, but no, really, I should be turning around saying, you just, just don't talk about it. You are literally banned from the subject of vehicles <laughs> until you've stopped getting on a bus or you've stopped failing your driving test and you pass your test. So it's official now. I know we had like Terry's top tips. <laughs> My top tip of this week is pass your driving test and then you're allowed to talk about driving. Uh, well, you should hear my uh, kids. You know, if you think, you know, that nine and five, uh, they've they've got opinions about other drivers and mine. <laughs> Blimey, yeah. Do you know what? As well, like, I, another thing we're driving, I I really hate it when people like wear being a good driver like a badge of honour. Like I, I'm not best driver in the world. If you if you ask me to go take you somewhere, I will. We'll get there, and and nobody will die. Well, but, yeah, but, but, but well, but <laughs> any vehicle. I mean, I, I, I've passed my test. I've got a pink license. Any vehicle I can drive on the roads and highways of England. But I hate it when people wear it like a badge of honour that they're a good driver. Like, you, 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 like say, for instance, I'm in car with my wife and my sister at the same time. And it's an absolute nightmare. They're like criticising me driving. And I'm like, I don't care. I can't hurt anybody. I ain't <laughs> broke any laws. And we got from A to B. Who cares if I didn't indicate quick enough? Or <laughs> who cares if I didn't check my blind spot? I don't care. 
Like I don't like I don't like uh, obviously where being a decent driver like a badge of honor. I'll admit I'm not best driver. <laughs> I think we need a whole episode Thanks. for this. <laughs> it's a... I'll, I'll be I'll be very quick and say mine literally comes from giving people a lift to a bus station to a train station because they haven't passed their test and while you're driving them to that location it'll be a well why didn't you do that or oh you should have beeped your horn at him as a do you know what you can get out and walk oh yeah yeah that's that a backseat driver that's worse oh, oh man no. right Brian um what have you got. I have nothing to say. I've got this new positive mindset. Okay. I haven't given it enough thought to come up with anything good. <laughs> so I'm just, I'm just not, not going to say anything today. All right. This is, I've, I've only got one way to finish this, and I'm going to talk about um, the full English breakfast. But specifically yes. about the full English breakfast that you'll get at a, uh, a hotel. Um, or that that type of thing, which would normally um, pre-COVID would be a buffet, which is the best kind of breakfast, obviously. Um, yeah. But we've got a beef eater Premier Inn um, combo near us, um, and it's fantastic because you can go and get a nine-pound breakfast, all you can eat, and the kids eat free, um, which is a phenomenal deal. And breakfast is the best meal of the day at somewhere like that. Um, but just a couple of gripes that I've noticed recently. So we, we, we went at the weekend and two things, really. Like one, I mean, you know, I'm not going to criticise them for the fact that you've got to give them an order and wait for it. So you can't just pop up to the buffet and get an extra croissant or an extra bit of bacon at the moment. You've got to wait for the waiting staff because of the situation. I get that. I'm not going to criticise them for that. Um, but tomato ketchup, right, we're a family of four. I have two kids that would only eat ketchup if it was up to them. Um, so we'll say, can you bring us just lots more ketchup? Um, okay, fine. So then we get four tiny Heinz sachets of tomato sauce. Four. There's four of, of us. Like they don't, go, they don't go very far, most of which go over your fingers anyway um, with a sachet yeah. of sauce. Um, sachets of sauce by themselves... Um, should be banned um just the most irritating things in the world how are they in any way environmentally friendly they're not what at all <laughs> but, but my second gripe is the grilled tomato now i enjoy a grilled oh, tomato we're getting into it now um why is it so again it's kind of related to the buffet thing like if it's a buffet you go and you sort of, you might you'll pick out the best looking bit of bacon or the best looking sausage egg whatever a grilled tomato, it's got to be grilled. It's got to be soft and it takes on a different flavour. Um, yeah. And if you've got a buffet, I'll pick, yeah, I'll find the one that looks like it's been under there the longest. Um, but if you, you order it to be brought to your table, it's, it might as well be a salad tomato just cut in half and put warm for 10 seconds and put on your plate. That's not, that's not what I want from a grilled tomato. I'll have I'll have a raw tomato with a salad quite happily. It's a different thing, but a grilled tomato with your breakfast, grill it. It needs to be mushy. It needs to be mushy. Exactly. Lost our structural integrity. If you yes. need a steak, yes. yeah. If you need a steak knife to cut it, it's not right. It's not a grilled tomato. 
Why it's this isn't an isolated incident. Why can't places get that right? This is maybe uh, just rushing, aren't they? Basically. Yeah. I don't want to rush being the title of the podcast, but it doesn't matter what a sausage looks like, I'm gonna eat a sausage. <laughs> when it comes to breakfast as long as it's got brown sauce and sausage there I'm there and we could have a whole discussion I'm assuming about brown and red sauce which we do not want to well, dare get into if, uh, you, if you go back if you go back to kids absolutely loving red sauce my son will uh, if you get him a McDonald's he'll ask for his burger plain totally plain so just I'm talking bread burger slice of cheese that's it but then he'll dip his chips and ketchup <laughs> like an absolute maniac. <laughs> I, can, I, I just cannot get my head around that whatsoever. Oh. But you did you I'll, you did remind me that I went out for um a Chinese and oh you like you said, oh you can eat stuff now, they'll bring it to you. And I, yeah. I said what I wanted and they'd go and get it for you. And there's there's no there's no right way of saying to a to someone, no, I want a proper portion. When they bring over like a couple of bits of chicken, it's almost like I stand there and or sit there and go, take one look at me. Do you think one piece of that chicken over there is gonna do me? <laughs> There's no such thing. You can't you can't replicate the buffet. Maybe this is the worst thing about COVID. Is this that... is this is definitely staying post COVID, by the way. I hope we're all yeah. prepared for this because they'll rely no chance... on people they'll rely on people's shame to make all you can eat buffets more cost effective. Uh, Trust me, I wasn't ashamed. I told them exactly what I wanted. I, yeah, well, I, some people will, exa- but most people won't, will they? <laughs> In my words, I said, I'm a growing lad. I'm <laughs> a big portion. Did they politely ask you which direction you were growing? <laughs> <laughs> it was fairly obvious. <laughs> right, let's... Uh, on. I was going to say on that bombshell of your sausage revelations, um, oh. we'll get we'll get out of here. Um, thanks, Brian, Neil, Miles. Um, thanks also to Freddie for for coming on again. Um, this will be the first time first time you'll have heard him. Um, yeah, I'm off to contact the beef eater um, about their tomatoes. Um, we need to get this sorted. Um, and the bu- the just the pre-COVID buffet. That's what we miss. Big time. Bring those back. Um, in the meantime, looking forward to going six and zero, um, tighten up and beat those Steelers. Um, bye, everybody. Tighten up. Tighten up, guys.